Hey, everybody, it's the only two guys in the world who actually read Playboy for the articles, Austin and Julian, and this is Just the Tips with Austin and Julian, the show where we take tips, tricks, and other advice from the internet, mostly Reddit, and filter it through our degenerate brains and then give it to you fine folks in a comedic fashion. Austin, what the fuck is up? Hi, Julian. I'm just a proud owner of 11,000 Dogecoins. Um, I don't know what that means. I don't want to brag, but that's where that's what I'm celebrating today. I took the dive today, too. I bought 22,000 Dogecoins, and yeah, man. Always got to one-up me, Julian. That's just how I got to roll, man. Uh, yeah, I pretty much just figure I, I set that money on fire and it's going to be nothing, but who knows? Maybe we'll end up thousand errors. Yeah. I don't really know what Dogecoins are and I don't know anything about cryptocurrency, but after hearing about all the GameStop stuff, I was just like, I am willing to be irresponsible with money that I can't afford to lose in order to take a chance at, at getting in on the next one of those. So these guys seem like they're having so much fun. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be a roller coaster no matter what. And uh, we're very stupid for joining, but uh, it's going to be a great time. You know, we're going to. Worst, yeah, worst case scenario, we just uh, kill ourselves. So I'm not going to kill myself over 22,000 douche coins. But it was, it is a joke. Like the, the, the coin itself was started as a joke in response to Bitcoin. Right. And then it actually started, like, people started buying it. And now it's worth. I don't know what it's worth currently, but as of this morning, it was worth about three cents. It started as a joke in like 2013, though, so I'm just hoping that a lot has come a long way. Because you know what else started as a joke, Julian? Uh, Silly Putty? The Jackson 5. Really? Actually, no, I don't know. I just I couldn't think of anything else. But I'm sure other things started as jokes and then turned into something. Oh. I thought... Plenty of things have started as a joke and turned into something. I just can't think of one off the top of my head. So I had an interesting experience last week that I'm kind of living with regret about. I went skiing and I met this lovely couple at the bar and it was the girl's birthday and, and we started talking, her, me, her and her boyfriend, and we hit it off. We we're getting along well. And... After about an hour of conversation, they offered or asked me if I had ever done DMT, which I have not done DMT. And then they said, would you like to do DMT? And I said, well, yeah, I would love to do DMT one day. And they're like, you want to do it right now? And I was like, right now on a ski slope at a bar? Like, no, we'll go in the woods real quick and we'll do it. And oh, every bit of me wanted to say yes, but I said no. And... uh then they went off and smoked some DMT, and I stayed at the bar and and drank my beer. And as soon as they left, I was like, God damn it, I should have said yes. Yeah, that would have been the most Julian story ever had you smoked DMT. And the fact that you didn't is the most not non-Julian thing ever, but also maybe a sign of growing up. Because as much as I love you being a free spirit, smoking DMT in the bathroom with some strangers at the ski resort maybe isn't the best idea. I mean, what if what if you fucking went to some craze and next thing you know, you're strapped down and, you know, 
Central America and someone's cutting your kidney out and selling it on the black market. That's, Small price to pay. That's the risk you take living my life, Austin. And guess what? It was not going to be in the bathroom, I'll let you know. It was going to be in the woods. We were going to go ski down to the, to the side of a trail and hike into the woods a bit, lay down among the trees, and have a life-changing experience. But for all I know, they could have, you know, drugged me, as you said, and, and, and stolen my ski pants and left me with nothing but boxers to ski down in. Or maybe not even boxers. Or some guys just wearing your skin. I'm kind of glad you didn't do it. Maybe. They seemed really nice, though. They're really nice. They seemed nice. I don't think they would have done that. I had every bit of faith it would have been a wonderful experience, and I'm sad that I didn't take the journey. Well, next time a stranger offers you drugs, whether it be in a truck stop bathroom or at the ski resort, I, I hope that you take them up on it. I will do that. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Okay, good. As long as you learned your lesson, Julian. So <laughs> I have. Do not turn down drugs from strangers. I know you're very upset about it because you've told me about it like three times in the past week about how upset you are. <laughs> I'm literally going to take this as one of the regrets on my deathbed. I guarantee you I'm going to be dying on a bed somewhere and I'm going to think back of, oh, what didn't I do? And that, that's going to be one of the things that pops in my head is, fuck, man, I should have smoked that DMT. I have a feeling that you will smoke DMT one day, several times, in fact. So you're going to be just fine. I just got to get over that initial hump of fear. And then once I do that, I'm going to be a DMT addict. Yeah. And also, where do you buy a DMT? I wouldn't even know. Like, who do you trust with that? You can't buy it at the store, obviously. Like, that seems, it's not like buying weed from some dude out of a, the back of a van. It's like, it's DMT. It seems pretty intense. Uh, I don't think it's as intense as you think, Austin. It, it exists throughout our globe in many different plants. And it's something that's naturally produced in our body. And with a little basic chemistry knowledge, you can actually make it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we'll do that then. We'll get you a chemistry set maybe for your birthday. For those of you who don't know, DMT is called the spirit molecule. And it's something that's released in your brain, I believe, when you dream and also when you die, right? It's like one of those things that makes you think that you maybe are seeing like relatives or going towards the light when you die. Isn't that some form of DMT being released from what I understand? That's like my very basic understanding. Yes. That's the theory is the reason that you see those different visualizations is that your body does, or your brain releases a large amount of DMT when you die. And it also releases little amounts when you dream and people that do DMT have, uh, similar experiences, and they actually do encounter beings from time to time, actually pretty regularly, and and feel like they are experiencing what it's like to die. And a lot of people come out of it with uh, with a comfort with dying that they didn't have previously. In fact, I highly recommend, if you haven't done this already, going to arrowwood.org which if you don't know what arrowwood.org is, it is like Wikipedia for drugs. If you ever want to take a drug and you want to read about it before you do it, go to that website. It'll tell you how much to take, what you should look for for quality, how much you should be paying. And my favorite portion of it is user testimonials. Um, and read the user testimonials of DMT because they are incredible. Uh, people just write about, what they experienced. And I remember one in particular was a guy smoked it and he blasted off into the universe 
and was flying through the solar system by all the planets and he ended up on a spaceship with human or creatures that had human bodies with cat heads and they spoke to him telepathically and he had a wonderful time with them. Um, and yeah, it sounds amazing. Like I'm very, uh, jealous of it. Well, Julian, that's really something. Um, mm-hmm. with based on how weird and scary my dreams have been lately, probably not a good time in my life to take DMT because my dreams are fucking weirding me out. So speaking of, I just remembered I had a dream with you in it last night, Austin. Oh, good. Everyone loves hearing about other people's dreams. That's always the best. You're going to love this one. It is a great one. So we rented an Airbnb house and we were hanging out and the woman who owns the house all of a sudden came home and scared you and Brandon and you murdered her because you were scared and you were defending yourself. And so you, you, I remember you took a like saw and you sawed it into her skull till she died. And then you dismembered her body and took it out of the house. And, and I was like, you're, we were like leaving the house and I'm like, man, they're going to know it was you guys. And, uh, because we rented this Airbnb (laughs) and they're going to know. Do you, you don't need to finish the story. We get the point. That's horrible. No. And then I was all, I was caught between a rock and a hard place because I was like, I know they're going to interview me as like one of the people that stayed this Airbnb. And I was deciding whether I was going to rat you guys out or try to hide your, horrible murder of the old lady <laughs> okay julian do me a favor don't ever tell me about your dreams again <laughs> let's uh let's start the show okay let's, let's give these tips i'm going to uh start us out let you take a little breather there sounds good think about what you've done <laughs> i didn't do anything right, that's the problem in both scenarios uh, i didn't do a thing i have a new rule that i don't here's a bonus tip don't tell anyone about your fucking dreams unless you can tell the story in less than 10 seconds why that was a good dream i thought yeah you thought that was the happiest the dream i've had in a while <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> i'm just joking all right um this is a tip from the reddit subreddit you should know and this is something that i've fallen victim from? to many times so it's close to home. It's brought to us by Ahab the Crusader. Uh, thank you, Ahab. And uh, this is something that I think we're aware of, but just because of the way that our brains work and the s- strong grip that marketing has over us, we fall victim to it time and time again. And it's buying something just because it's on sale does not mean that you're saving money. And it's become very clear that that advertisers are well aware of this because like I said before, I've fallen victim to buying things off of Instagram quite often in the past year or so. And it's always like 60% off. Hey, buy another one, save another 30%. And I go down this rabbit hole. I'm like, Oh, well, I can't afford not to buy another one. Long story short, I end up paying $45 for six pairs of Adidas socks. Not too long ago because they convinced me to buy more to save money. And then after shipping and everything, I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. I can't believe I've done this. And it, it ha- it's happened to me many times. I'm like, ooh, 30% off if I buy now. And then I'm after I buy it and I get the product, I'm like, wait a minute. That company didn't even exist. That's not 30% off. That's just how much they charge. And they just advertise to idiots like me that's 30% off. And it's so easy to fall into that trap. So just because it's on sale doesn't mean you have to buy it. 
And this goes all the way back to my childhood because my mom cannot resist sales. And I think I've talked about this before, but she would buy me the worst, ugliest shirts when I was a kid from Dillard's. And she'd be like, I got this 85% off. It's Ralph Lauren from Dillard's. And I was like, yeah, mom, that's because it's fucking horrible looking. It's the ugliest pink and yellow shirt. And uh, to this day, my mom was just like, guess how much this cost? Four dollars. I'm just like, yeah, that's because nobody wants it except you. So be careful, guys. Don't let them trick you. And that's a common sales tactic online these days is they cross out one price and put another below it. And you think that, oh, man, it was $700. Now it's $400. I'm saving a ton of money. But no, it was always $400. They're just fucking with you. And um, yeah, be careful of that trap. The last time I bought something I couldn't afford not to buy, I ended up with a purple velvet jacket. You remember that? Or no, it was a brown velvet jacket. I got it at Target. Yeah, well, I remember you saying, I can't afford not to buy this, and then Brandon and I started laughing. And I wore it like three times. It was like a sport coat that a professor would wear, and you were like 25 years old. And it was velvet. Yeah. And I wore it three times. You wore it with one of those Samuel Jackson hats. Like a Kangol style hat, but you would wear it forward. It's kind of like a train conductor hat, but... It's called a newsy cap. <laughs> yeah. Used to love those things. I just gave those up this year. <laughs> Took a while. The only thing you loved more than newsy caps were your fedoras. Yeah. I Jesus went through... Christ. I mean, come on, man. I'm bald. I got to stylize myself somehow. So I got baseball caps, and that's about it these days. That's about all I can wear. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I can't, I can't criticize you too much. So for go that. fuck yourself, you fucking full head of hair motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, come to my world, Austin, and go fuck yourself. How come you never wore the cowboy hat? Because I'm not a cowboy, and I don't like country. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, I would love to pull off a cowboy hat. I just don't like anything cowboys like. I'm a liberal. I I guess I like guns a little bit, but not like crazy about them. They're just, they're just fun to shoot sometimes. Julian, this day and age, you can wear whatever you want. You can mix mix and match, and there's rappers wearing cowboy hats now, for God's sake. So just do what makes you feel comfortable. I think you'd look real good in a cowboy hat. I'm sure hat. I would. You may look like a, yo- a young Garth Brooks, even. I might. I might. Who knows? But All right. But yeah, when when you see those sales, man, you're just like, well, if I don't buy it now, and then I want it in two weeks and it's regular price, then I just spend an extra fifteen bucks, and I think that's what it does to your brain. So, but sometimes those sales are fucking good, and if you do your research right, uh, you can actually save a lot of money. Have you seen these TikTok videos? So I just got on the TikTok yesterday, mind you, and uh, <laughs> literally. My wife's like, you should get on TikTok. There's all kinds of great stuff on there. So while we were driving, I got on TikTok. And one of the first things I saw, and I have no idea if this is a scam or not, but these guys were going to like Walmart and buying things on sale. So they were they would go to Walmart and they would scan an item, see how much it was, and then they'd look up how much it costs on Amazon. And then they would reduce the price by one cent from the cheapest person on Amazon and they would sell it. They'd resell it. So they'd buy everything that Walmart had and then resell it on Amazon. And they said they made a million dollars a year doing it. Uh, I don't know if this is true or not, but maybe that's something to look into. Maybe that's our homework. Maybe let's go to Walmart and 
see if we can buy something on sale and sell it for more money on Amazon. Yeah, I want nothing to do with any of that. That that sounds horrible to me. And I'm sure you can do that. There's a lot of people doing that, and reselling on Amazon's been around forever. But it has. I enjoy no part of that. Yeah, our friend David's been doing that for like five years. Oh well, he's good at that stuff. I'm not. And it would also mean you have to spend a lot of time at Walmart, which is a huge price to pay because... Yeah, those are two things I don't want to do. I don't want to spend a lot of time at Walmart, and I don't want to have to box things up and ship them out. So I'll leave that to the experts. If I could do that for a couple hours in the morning and then have the rest of the day to myself and pay all my bills, I'd be happy with that job. Dude, there's so many people already doing that. The competition is crazy. But talking about TikTok... Um, I'm glad that, that you're coming into a new era of your life where you retired your newsy hats and your fedoras and you got on TikTok. I feel like you're, I don't know if this is a midlife crisis or you're rejuvenating your youth or what, but TikTok is another great example of how of how they know how to like take advantage of the way our brains work because it's such a fucking trap, man. There's like, it takes up the whole screen and it just goes one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, and there's no stopping where it's like, if you're not careful, you could be on there for an hour straight. But if you can control it, it's a lot more than just, you know, booty shaking and stuff like that. There's It's really good for recipes, actually. There's a lot of adorable cat and dog videos, but people have, like, these really succinct, quick recipes of them showing how to put things together. Uh, Veronica has a bunch of those, and and uh, it's pretty useful for that. So I was surprised that there's, like, naked girls on there. I had no idea because I thought it was for kids. And uh, I don't think they're supposed to be. I think it's like Instagram. I, th- I think they're supposed to block nudity. Well, the third thing I got re- on my. But uh, I'll do my homework and research that. Yeah, please do. As soon as the show's the over. The third thing I got on my feed was a girl in a thong shaking her ass. And yeah, that's not naked. It was really funny because I was in the car with my daughter and, and wife and that came up and I quickly went, whoop, not look at that. Join a thong is not nudity anymore. I know that's normal, but I'm still. It's uh, that's known as a loophole. It's like putting pasties over your nipple. It's like you can see the whole tit, but if the nipple's covered, it's not nudity. If you can't see the so. nipple, it's not the whole tit, Austin. That's why I, I I don't accept pasties. Hey man, I don't make the rules. All right. So. Okay, should we move on to the next tip? Yeah, I think it's my turn. It is. All right. This one comes from XD Haley. It's a life pro tip from Reddit. And I think this is pretty obvious, but in case it's not, listen up. You'll never spend as much on an Uber as you will for a DUI. This is something I've lived my whole life because my parents knew I was a rambunctious child and I was going to go out and party and there's nothing I could do to stop it. So instead of trying to stop me, they just gave me some tips on what to do and what not to do. And one of the biggest things was don't drive. So I learned from a very early age when you drink or smoke or snort or inject, whatever you're doing, do not drive a vehicle. Leave your vehicle wherever it is. And I used to walk long distances leaving my vehicles in all kinds of odd places uh, to get home without driving. And yeah, it's a really good idea. And, and and nowadays, like I'll leave my fucking car on the other side of Los Angeles. I've taken a Uber all the way from Venice to where I live now, which is clear across the entire county and no regrets because I didn't get a DUI. 
Yeah, as much of a wild man as you are, you've always been pretty good at following that rule. Uh, back in the day, you would actually, you would never drive if you were drinking. You used to be horrible at hopping in the car with other people that were drunk. You'd be like, as long as I'm not driving. But now that you're older, I think you're more responsible and you won't do that either. I think I'm pretty good about that too. And I think the best way to go about that is to be proactive. If, if you're going out to the bar, hopefully again someday in the future, take an Uber there or get dropped off because that way you don't even have to worry about making that decision because sometimes you'll have two beers, three beers, and you're like, uh, but if your car's not there, you don't have the choice. The only problem with that is if I Uber there and then I only drink two beers, I'm like, I'm ready to go home. I'm like, no, I'm going to get my money's worth, goddammit. So then I end up getting drunk and then go home and spend more money and get drunker and have a hangover. But hey, man, it's all better than getting a fucking DUI. That's for sure. 100%. And I am uh, a big supporter of driving or not driving there and taking an Uber or Lyft there uh, because it, you know, takes away the possibility that you're going to lose your your judgment and uh and and drive home stupidly. Yeah, there's always that friend who who was just like would drink 15 drinks and be like, "All right, I'm out of here." And you're like you just had to wrestle them and hide their keys and it was always a fucking the biggest pain in the ass. You'd offer to pay for their taxi or their lift and they that's always so annoying. But there's always that guy who's just like, "Dude, you're a fucking psycho." You already have a DUI and you're doing it again. Yeah. Luckily, we didn't have too many of those, but we had one or two over the years. Here's an interesting fact about DUIs. This is true. Do you know who invented the device that they attach to your car if you get too many DUIs and you need to do a breathalyzer to start your car? No. No, who is it? Rico Iannini, my grandfather, invented that. Shut up. I swear to God. He worked for the U.S. government, and he invented that. And, uh, yeah. I feel like you should have a lot more money. No, because it was he worked for the government, so the government owns the patent. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, he has, he has like, a number of patents, actually. He, has met, he used to work for NASA, and he has patents that, were, that are, like, still used to this day. He's a really brilliant man, but we did not make a lot of money. Yeah, there are a lot of really... Really smart people in your family. It kind of makes you wonder. No offense. You're a smart kid and everything, but you have, like, all these fucking doctors and scientists and your brothers, you know, kind of got that, like, weird genius brain. My mom told me that and, she uh, did. A, she spent a lot of time in jacuzzis when I was in her womb, and she blames it on that. <laughs> she really did tell me that once. <laughs> Is that frowned upon? Yeah, there's like a certain temperature you're not supposed to exceed when you're pregnant. <laughs> and my mom my mom being a nurse practitioner, maybe they didn't know this knowledge back then, but she did a lot of jacuzziing when she was pregnant with me. So she got a hot <laughs> hot child. Wow. Yep. Well that explains I mean you love jacuzzis. I guess maybe that's why. I mean, I love a lot of things. I think I just love I love leisure, I love pleasure. And so I think I was just like in my womb boiling and loving it. And I just wanted to do that the rest of my life. Yeah. My mom said when she was pregnant with me, there were three things that she was not willing to give up. And that was cigarettes, red wine, and sushi. And she was very stubborn about it. And she kept doing all three of those things. And what about tab? Did she give up tab? Ended up okay. 
Uh, yeah, I was just kidding. My mom was very responsible. She didn't, she quit smoking, didn't drink or anything. But that's a good question, Julian, because my mom is a lifetime tab drinker, and I bet she did drink tab. My mom. Does she still get tab? Dude, they just fucking took it off the market. She can't get it anymore. No way. Like, finally, they, they took it off the market, which that stuff is pure poison. For those of you who don't know, it's some diet soda that's been around since the beginning of time. And it, it has to have paint thinner or something weird in it. It's It's got to be horrible for you. But Coca-Cola owned it, or they ended up buying it eventually. And it turned out my mom was the only person left in the world drinking it. And they finally had to shut it down. Your house is literally the only place I've ever seen in the entire world in my existence that had tab. And your mom didn't have a little tab. She had a refrigerator full of tab. Oh, yeah. Dude, even like as 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 recent as like three months ago, if I was at the store and I saw cases of tab, I'd be like, ah, I gotta grab these for my mom, and I just throw them in my trunk. <laughs> but, uh, dude, one thing, just a, a little proof of of how your parents acting when they're pregnant seems to possibly have an effect on you getting uh, as you as you get older as an adult. When my mom was pregnant with me, she had this insatiable hunger where she ate a lot of fried chicken and ice cream. She she didn't smoke cigarettes. She didn't, you know, she thought she was doing all the right things. But, you know, this was the early 80s. So she when she was hungry, she would eat. And she ate a lot of fried chicken, a lot of ice cream. And my mom went from 125 pounds to 200 pounds. Shut the fuck up. Me. She gained 75 pounds with me. Do you have a picture of that? I don't know. That's a good question. I should I can't ask. imagine your mom that. Your mom is tiny. I know, and then after she had me, she basically starved herself and lived off of tuna and canned green beans and lost all the weight in like four or five months. Dude, your mom... And then she left me with this burden of just constantly being hungry. Your mom is you. Like, you're a spitting image of your mom because you love to gain a bunch of weight and then do crazy diets to lose it. Yeah, that's true. It's a curse that I was born with, so I like to think that it's not my fault and uh, I can fully pass the blame to my genetics thanks a lot cindy you really made a wonderful specimen who loves cindy kathy jesus christ sorry who the fuck is cindy i don't know where i got cindy sorry kathy it's all right don't worry she doesn't know what a podcast is (laughs) i'm I'm horrible with names (laughs) yeah i I know i am and i probably haven't spoken your mom's name in a number of years i just call her austin's mom yeah, and my mom's seen a picture of your dick, so I feel like you guys should be tighter than that. She has. Do you remember that? And I was underage at the time. Oh God! <laughs> when I, I don't, we may have told this story before, but when I was in high school, I think I took it on the senior trip, one of those disposable cameras with the where you wind it and click it, and I had like three pictures left, and it was just sitting on my dresser when I was actually no, I think we were nineteen, and I lived with Julian, and Julian just walked in to my room, grabs the camera, and pulls his pants down just a little bit where his dick is, like, hanging off the top of his waistband and just takes a bird's-eye shot of it on my camera, sets it down, and walks out. And I didn't know about it until my mom developed the pictures. And she goes, I developed those pictures. She's like, I saw a picture of your wiener on there. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And then when she showed me the pictures, I was later flattered that that she thought that was me. So it's like, Mom, this is clearly not me. This is clearly the work of an Italian man <laughs> with a much larger hog than me. <laughs> Although it wasn't the most flattering picture of you. It was like the smallest I'd ever seen it, and it was like it seemed like it was going to the left. 
So it kind of made me wonder. I was like, Julian didn't even get himself warmed up or anything. He just he just took was, it. I had a, like, you shoot from the hip, I had man. a short amount of time to take that photo because you were, you, were, <laughs> you were coming around the corner. So I had to do it quick. Yeah, that's some of your finest work, definitely. Oh, thank you. That was a common prank I would do. No, thank you. <laughs> that was a common prank I would do all the time growing up. Is anytime I found a camera that was sitting idly by itself, I would take a picture of my junk and just <laughs> leave it there. That is the last thing I would ever do. Well, but you were two different people, different bodies, different folks, different strokes, as they say. Okay, ready to go on the next one? No, let's keep talking about our dicks. Okay. No, all right, we can go to the next one. I think they've heard enough about our penises. Yeah. I mean, usually yours because it's a showstopper. But, all right, this tip is kind of similar to my last tip, and we'll show you uh, a little bit more about my midlife crisis, I guess. It's a life pro tip from Reddit brought to us by Not So Snarky. And it's being a minimalist isn't about getting rid of everything. It's about getting rid of things you don't use that often. And I happened to stumble upon a podcast with these guys. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're called The Minimalists. It's these two guys who have, they actually have two Netflix documentaries now, and they have a couple books, and they're going on a world tour. And they're kind of weird. One of the guys is like, every time he meets someone, he goes, hey, man, I'm a hugger. And he walks up and hugs them when they're trying to shake his hand. Which, as much as I love hugging, it just kind of weirds me out to to try to hug every stranger that you meet. I think you can pull that off as a as ah, I don't know. I don't know. He's a long haired guy wearing sandals, so I think people are just like, "All right, fine, I'll hug him." Yeah, but some people can pull that off. Honestly, I've met a few huggers before COVID. We all hugged our friends and and stuff, but it's very awkward the way this guy does it. Anyways, that's not the point. The point is it kind of made me think about minimalism and how I've accumulated all this junk because when I moved into this house, every time people would offer me furniture, I couldn't say no. And then I would buy things I didn't need and all this stuff. And so I started watching the documentary and I listened to part of this podcast with these guys on it. And I picked up, I think some, a good thing for minimalism, a good piece of advice about minimalism. And it's like, you don't need to be one of those weirdos who wears the same shirt every day and has like 50 things in your house. Like that's not necessary. But the point is thinking about a product before you buy it and how much you'll need it. And you can have stuff, you can accumulate things, but make sure that you get value out of everything you own. You know, don't just buy things for the sake of having it or buy something that's going to sit in the corner or have things that are going to sit in your closet for years that you don't give a shit about. Make an effort to go through your house every couple of years, maybe get rid of those things and only keep things that, that actually give you value. How do you know it's going to sit in the corner unless you buy it, though, Austin? That's a good question. I guess it's a matter of not looking at the, not being overtaken by the 60% sale and saying, do I need this fucking thing? Like, do I need this this cat vase that holds a cactus? I, the other day, I almost bought this thing that I saw on Instagram. It's a, It's like a little pot holder that looks like a cat, and you put a cactus in the back, and the cactus is the tail. It was amazing. I really wanted it so bad. And then I went to the website to buy it, and it was $50. And I was like, do I need to spend $50 on this? And I I refrained from buying it, and I was very proud of myself. I'm disappointed. And, I would uh, argue, Jordan bought it. I'm so disappointed. I, I argue, yes, you need to buy that. <laughs> I know. that That's probably a bad example. But uh, 
just something to keep in mind, you know. And I, I think this in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to go through my closets and go through some stuff and try to download a little bit and realize that there's a bunch of shit here that I don't need because I am like two steps away from being a hoarder. <laughs> well, I think a few of us have that issue. My wife always calls me a hoarder because I hate throwing anything away. She actually she is sneaky and she will actually throw things away knowing that I will have no idea that she threw them away. And she's right. Like she'll find old shirts of mine and stuff and just toss them and have no idea. I'll, I'll have no idea. Like I try to remember things. There's one shirt. I remember that had two hot dogs on it that were high fiving that I remember that I kind of miss. But uh, other than that, I can't think of a single thing she's thrown away. And I know she's thrown away a ton of shit. So why'd she throw that shirt away? She said, because well, I dress like a little kid. She she's says. probably embarrassed. Yeah, I dress like a little kid. Because what? I dress like a little kid, she uh, said. So, yeah, you do. I mean, what are you going to do? I'm a kid at heart. I I, you are, will always be that. That's how I remain youthful. All right. I think that's a good tip. Sure, and I think it's endearing the way that you dress. I mean, I need a fucking fashion guru for sure, but I... We need to get those queer eyes out here to... Redo everything. I'd be a great person on Queer Eye for sure. Yeah. But I'm not, you know, the thing is, I think I'm a little too put together for them, not to brag or anything, but the people that are usually on that show are a complete mess. And I'm not Have you seen a complete mess. Have you seen this one guy from the new Queer Eye? He's in all these commercials. It's, it's the guy that has long hair and a beard, and he's like a little bit chubby. That guy's not new. That's the only Queer Eye I've ever seen. But yeah, I have seen oh. that guy. That guy, I refuse to believe that's a real gay guy. That seems like a, a straight actor trying his best to play a super gay man. I feel like it's a scam. He's one of the best people on that show, <laughs> in my opinion. I've never watched it, but well, I've watched, I, I'm on to that guy. I want him to know that I'm keeping an eye on him. I've watched a lot of episodes of my wife because she enjoys it, and I actually enjoy it as well. And that guy is amazing. He's He's actually, I think he is my favorite character for sure. Yeah, because he looks like you with long hair, and if you were super gay. Yeah, probably. I, we have a connection for sure. So anyway, d- don't badmouth that dude because I really like him. I don't want to badmouth him, but I, something funny is going on there, and I, I'm on to him. All right. Well, I feel like he's going to end up being like that, that Jewish lady who ended up was like the head of the NAACP or something. Remember that? Oh, no, she's Jewish, but it was a white lady who pretended to be black, and it was a huge scandal. Are you wait? I don't know about that one, but I do know about the woman that pretended to be a widow of a nine nine eleven victim, and she was like the head of the some charity that was like raising money for widows of or, or like people who had lost people in nine eleven, and she ended up being a complete phony baloney. I didn't hear about that, or like Alec Baldwin's wife, who I think is from like the East Coast and pretended she was from Spain or something. That was a big. I guess quote unquote scandal in the news recently. I had no idea. That, uh, I didn't pay any attention to, but it just seemed kind of funny. I had no idea. Seems funny that people give a shit, and it just is also very weird that somebody would do that. But who knows why people do the things they do? We're all a little weird. We, I'm sure you've done plenty of weird things, Austin. That if you were famous, would make front news headlines. I know I have. Yeah. Okay. This is a tip show, right? We better get back to those tips. 
All right, so this next one comes from my wife, actually, because she bought me a life hacks calendar. And uh, it's basically a calendar that gives you a different life hack every day. So this one is, hey, not sure if you have bad breath? Lick your wrist and smell it. This is what your breath smells like to others. Did you know that, Austin? No, I didn't know that. Let's try it. Let's do it right now and see what it smells like. No, your wrist, you idiot. You're smelling the, you're doing the back of your hand. What the fuck? <laughs> Does it matter? Oh, mine doesn't. Sm- I feel like I can use, I can just tell if I have bad breath by the way my mouth tastes. Mine doesn't smell good. Does yours smell good? It doesn't smell like anything. Oh, mine doesn't smell good. But you know what? I have a tip for you if you have bad breath. And it is. Get a tongue scraper? I do. I have one of those, and you should use it in conjunction with this mouthwash that I use called TheraBreath. And it is developed by a doctor, of course. Everything says that. And you swish it in your mouth for a minute, and then you gargle with it for a minute and spit it out. And it really does help. My wife used to complain all the time because I inherited horrible breath from my dad. My dad had the worst breath ever. We got some stomach issues in the Ianini family, and they they were inherited by me and my brother and every other Ianini. And one of those is you get halitosis, basically. You have halitosis? I don't know if I officially have halitosis, but I smell like I do. I don't think you do because I've never noticed you with bad breath, and I that's something I notice. We have gotten pretty close face-to-face. You know who has the best breath all the time? Who? Nick Minky. Really? Yeah, always has minty breath. What's his secret? He's always chewing gum or has some kind of mints on him. I remember back in high school when we'd lift weights and I'd be spotting him on the bench press. He'd exhale and I would just be like, ah, wonderful. I was uh, I was always the first one in line to, to spot Nick Minky on the bench press. So uh, I suggest you do the same if you get the opportunity. I don't blame you. Dude, you know what I've realized? So I got really into those Listerine breath strips just because it takes up so little real estate in your pocket and you just pop it in and your breath is like, it's like you just use mouthwash basically. But since COVID and we wear masks everywhere, I just basically quit giving a fuck about my breath. So I've noticed a lot more instances where my breath smells because I quit carrying gum. I quit carrying those strips. I'm just like, hey man, I'm just going to put a mask on. And at one point early on in COVID, I, I put one of those breath strips in my mouth and then put the mask on and it just went straight to my eyeballs. And I was, I was at a, I don't know, no, I guess this was in the middle of COVID because I was at a computer store getting my iPhone fixed and I would, you know, like you could still go in in Arizona and you probably wouldn't be able to do this in California, but they were like talking to me about it. And the, the lady was looking at me, and I was just fully crying, just nodding my head. I was like, oh, okay. And I felt so awkward. And so ever since then, I just retired the breath strips. And I was like, all right, after COVID, I'll get back into it. All right. I just use this mouthwash, and that's about all I do. I floss my teeth. I brush my teeth at least twice a day, sometimes three times. Really? Three times? So I mean, it depends. It, it, that's Are you a like, fucking psycho? Well, no, that's like if I'm going somewhere like, oh, let's go have a nice afternoon together or something. I'll brush my teeth in like the afternoon or late morning, something like that. But yeah, normal twice a day. I will say I've been, uh, I don't like to brag. I don't mean to brag, but I've been killing it with the flossing. I've flossed almost every day for like the last two months. And that's 
The most I've ever done in my entire life. Do you use feels really legit good. floss or do you use flossers? So, oh, this is actually an interesting point. I I had been a big advocate of glide floss for my whole life. I don't I don't like those little flossers. They they don't work for me. Um and they're wasteful just to get pretentious on you. But uh I just don't like them. But I use glide floss forever and I was listening to some podcast and it was the Ritual podcast, and it was the guy who's on that show with ah fuck, what's his name? What's the super handsome actor that has that show where he goes around the world? Oh, uh, on Netflix, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, what's his name? God damn it, he's in Baywatch. He's he's cute as fuck. Uh, what the hell's his name? Zac Efron. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, the guy who's on the show with Zac Efron was talking about how apparently Glide dental floss has some material on it that is like. Horrible for the earth, and if ingested, can be like bad for you. And long term, is just not ideal to be using. So I got on my high horse and I ordered some fucking bamboo dental floss online, all natural in a wood box. So good for you. Don't worry, Joan. I'll kick my own ass. But I haven't started using it yet because I still have some glide to work through. But after this, I'm gonna try to work my way into this shit. I just go into the field behind my house and grab a piece of straw and I floss with that. So fuck you and your high horse. And then I throw it on the ground. Use those little plastic things. I've seen you. You've always had those. I know I do. And I here's the thing. I need to call Quip because I ordered. They have a reusable flosser. That's the future right there. And I ordered it and I still haven't received delivery. And I ordered it like back in October or something. So I don't know what the Actually, fuck. Actually, Julian. You just reminded me of a good bonus tip for people who have roommates. Because when I lived with you, you would leave those fucking little flosser things on the coffee table all the time. What? And uh, Yeah, all the time, dude. I did? And it's disgusting, yeah. Just like, oh, I'm going to dig around in my mouth in this, and I'm just going to lay it directly on the coffee table. (laughs) I just remember several occasions where I looked at it, and I was just like, tonight's the night. I'm going to kill Julian. (laughs) I was a horrible person back then i'm a much different person today thank god is that what your is that your story that's it oh i thought there was more to it than that that's a lame story. no that's it you were just you'd leave those fucking things everywhere and it was gross oh well well I'll let you know i put them in the garbage now and i don't leave them around anymore so thank you for teaching me a lesson good i'm very proud of you I don't, I don't know if I did. I'm sure Coral taught you a lesson. She's taught me a few lessons, let me tell you. <laughs> um, okay, whose turn is it? Yours, is your turn? you dingus. Okay. Here's a good tip. It's, brought, it's a life pro tip from Lord of the Size. Oh. And this is for all of you people out there who have extra blankets. Julian, you know I'm talking to you. Don't throw away a blanket that's just a bit worn out or stained. Instead, donate it to your local animal shelter. For many homeless pets, a soft place to sleep is their greatest solace. And reading through the comments and the notes, uh, you could also donate them to veterinarian offices. And uh, someone who works at one vouches for that. And if you hate animals, you can donate them to homeless people or a homeless shelter. If you don't want to go directly up to a homeless person and like awkwardly throw a blanket at them. But the point being, if you have extra blankets, don't be an asshole and throw it in the trash. Give it to someone who could use it. Here's a bonus tip. 
Or make a jacket out of it. I don't know. Just don't throw it in the trash. Another nice thing that you can do for someone who's homeless, among many things, because, you know, obviously there's a lot of things you could do. But socks are a very useful thing for homeless people. And so, you know, if you just buy a bunch of socks and keep them in the back of your car, say there's a fire sale at the sock store, um, you can give those to homeless people. And that's that's really useful for them because, as you know, a damp pair of socks leads to all kinds of foot problems. Just ask anyone. French foot. Yeah. Anyone who works in a damp environment. And they will tell you uh, nothing worse than a damp sock. You got to keep them dry. You're giving away full packages of brand new socks to homeless people? No, I'm just, that's a good idea. What are you, a saint? I mean, if I was Jeff Bezos, I'd be doing that. I, would, I don't <laughs> I don't have Jeff Bezos. If you're Jeff Bezos, you would not be doing that. <laughs> well, I'd have my staff. That's the last thing Jeff Bezos is going to do. Is I'd have my staff do fucking it. Maybach over to the side and be like, hey, buddy, here's a pack of socks. Jeff Bezos doesn't drive a Maybach. If you're Jeff Bezos, dude, I bet he'd give away like gold toes or, you know, some some high quality shit. Some bamboo socks. That'd be my staff. I'd have them roll around in vans full of socks and shoes and just give them away to homeless people and maybe offer them a job while you're at it. <laughs> there you go. But Julian, I wish you had a hundred billion dollars. Dude, I'd be a, I'd be a, I feel like I'd be a really good wealthy person because you'd be way better than Bill Gates. No, I wouldn't. I know. I was just, I was being sarcastic. No, I wouldn't. But I'd be, I'd be like, I'd be more like a Mark Cuban, but a little more rough around the edges. (laughs) Okay. Is how I describe myself as a multi-billionaire, but I'm not a multi-billionaire, so I'm not, I don't. That reminds me of a funny story of our friend Aaron Goldman, who is like, we love him to death, but if you don't know him and you're not good friends with him, he could be the biggest curmudgeon around. He's not friendly to strangers. He's not really outgoing. Uh, I, I mean, he is friendly, but he doesn't like, he likes his small circle and he doesn't really like going outside of that. I'll put it this way. Aaron either loves you or hates you. Yes. So if you're a stranger that he hates, he'll hate you. But if you're a stranger that like strikes his fancy, he will love you. And one time he ran into a homeless guy when he lived in Tucson still, and he was going to Sausage Deli and to get a sandwich. And out of the, the kindness of his heart, he this guy asked him for money, and he said, hey, man, why don't I buy you a sandwich? So Aaron, this is so out of character for him, brings the guy into Sausage Deli with him, Buys him an Omar sub lunch special and gets one for himself. Sits down at the table with him and is gonna like he's like I'm gonna I'm gonna turn over a new leaf. I'm gonna get to know this guy. I'm gonna kind of see where he came from. Aaron says immediately the guy opens his sandwich, takes a bite. Aaron asks him a question and the first thing the guy says he spits a chunk of food across the table and it hit, hits Aaron in the face. And Aaron goes okay I gotta go and he just gets up <laughs> before he even unwraps his sandwich and walks out. And he's like, that's the last time I ever do anything for anyone. Sounds about right. He is a walking Larry David. Um, He is. Now that I think about it, Aaron may have hit the guy's bicycle with his car. Oh. I don't know. I may be mixing up two stories, but that, you know, thinking back, that would make more sense. I think that sounds about right. But he is a sweetheart of a man, and I won't say a bad thing about him. But, uh... 
I'm trying to think. I haven't really done anything that nice for a homeless person. And I feel like a piece of shit now. Yeah, you're a piece of shit. I really do. Like, I actually, I take that back. There was one time I went to a store and a guy came up to me and he offered to, like, do work for me. Instead of asking for money, he said, hey, man, is there anything I can do for you? He offered to wash my car. He offered a number of services. And I just gave him 20 bucks instead because uh, I was like, dude. 20 bucks? I mean, I was in college at the time. 20 bucks was a big deal to me. No, that's a lot. Now that's a lot. Jesus Christ. I wouldn't give anyone 20 bucks. Yeah, I gave him $20 because I was like, fuck, I'll give you $20 to get that fucking dog to shut up. Well, I think I just got delivery. I heard a car door slam, and then Tiny started barking. That usually means delivery time. So just give him a moment. How old is Tiny? (laughs) Just out of curiosity. (laughs) He's eight, and he's a young, he's a small dog. Uh, I was hoping he was 17. No, he's going to live till 17, though, so you got. I know. It's very unfortunate. You got at least nine more years of this. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right whose tip is it it's my tip you fuck all right so this next one is a life pro tip from reddit and it comes from by the ocean one two three and it is if you have elderly family members living alone tape a piece of paper with your contact info and important personal information to their fridge That way, if paramedics get called, they will have a quick access to this info without having to dig around. I think this is a great tip because you never know what's going to happen, you know, and and the older you get, the higher your risks of a catastrophe health wise happening. And so putting something on your grandma, grandpa, aunt's uncle's wall, letting them know who to call in case shit goes down will really help, especially if it's like a time where time is of the essence and they need to get a hold of someone quick. Yeah, that's a great tip. I definitely know that firsthand because there's a lot of old people who are, you know, just in pretty fucked up position and you don't know who to contact. And so doing that is is definitely a a big helper for, for the medics or whoever's helping them out. Another thing is, if you have someone who's old in your family and they start falling, get them, make them get a life alert bracelet. Like I think the government will help out if they can't afford it, but make sure that they always have some way that if they fall down, they can get a hold of people. Or if they're too stubborn to do that, get them a fucking Apple Watch or get them uh, Alexas or Google Homes around their house so they can call the ambulance. Because a lot of old people that are like stubborn and refuse to take that next step will just fall down and they and they're fucking stuck. There's nothing they can do. And if no one comes by to check on them, they'll just fucking die there. And that's the most horrible way to go. And I know my, I mean, other, I know this firsthand from work, but I also know like my grandma is 85, but you know, she has that young mindset where she's just like, I am not getting a life alert. I'm, I'm too agile and spry for that, but she's been falling, you know? And so I'm trying to think of clever ways to, to work around that. And the only thing I can think of is putting those Amazon Echo Dots or Google Homes all around her house so that if she falls, you know, at least spaced out enough to where if she falls in any given area that she can yell and call 911 or call my dad or whatever. Oh, and one more thing while I'm at it. 
if you have someone who's in like hospice care or they're near death or old or any of those positions and they get to the point where they have a DNR printed out, make sure that the DNR put that on the fridge next to that contact info because I don't know how it is in other states, but in Arizona, even if someone's in hospice, if they do not have a DNR present, the paramedics or the fire department is going to be forced to work them and try to bring them back. So until they find that DNR, even if a family is present and they're like, no, please, they have a DNR. Make sure that you have actual access to that. So, And for those of you who aren't firefighters or work in a hospital, DNR means do not resuscitate. Yes. and uh, It's a big orange piece yeah. of paper that says, when this person croaks, that's it. They could also just get it tattooed across their chest or throat. Yeah, I mean, that's not a legal document, but it's it's pretty badass. And you, can, you could get a tattoo of your signature right below it. I want to get 520 tatted on my neck because that's Tucson's area code. What do you think of that? I think you are uh, about a week too late in getting that because you should have gotten it at least three weeks ago. Yesterday at work, I saw a guy that had a U of A A tattooed on his foot. That's amazing. Yeah, it was. Do what you do. Okay, Julian, is it my turn for tip? Yes. Actually, this is a perfect segue because Julian's talking about old people, and we were talking about Tiny, wishfully hoping that he was old. A tip about old pets for you, okay? This is a life pro tip brought to us by Black Shepherd, and it's, if someone has an aging elderly pet, don't only talk about how old they are or how you can't believe they aren't dead yet. The owner dreads the day they have to say goodbye enough and just wants other people to see their pet as pure and beautiful. And they'll see them until the end. This is kind of a shit tip, I guess. But it's a real thing people do. They're like, God damn, that fucking dog is old. And they see that old dog, you know, dragging himself around the kitchen and just like, God damn, I can't believe he's still alive. And for certain people, like especially if they're widowed or alone, like that pet is basically like the thing that they have the closest relationship to and constantly reminding them of how that thing is about to be gone and they're about to be forever alone. It's probably not good. However, on the flip side of the coin, maybe it is good to give them a little reminder like, hey, maybe you need to get in the market for new dogs pretty soon here. You know, start window shopping or kind of mentally prepare yourself because that dog's not going to last very long. Also, I guess while I'm ranting, if you have a dog, I think a lot of, everyone pretty much knows this at this point, but maybe not. I think if you have an old dog, I've had a lot of old dogs, and I think it's okay to keep them alive as long as they aren't suffering. But once it gets to the point where your old dog is suffering, like they're in chronic pain, then you're basically just being selfish, and it's time for you to set them free and uh, take them out back and give them the old yellow treatment. Just kidding. Take them to the vet. I, I hope for people that don't know me, I love animals more than anyone. And uh, and if you're going to take your vet, your dog to the vet to get put down, don't let them take it away by themselves. Go in there and pet your pet until the very end. As traumatizing as it is for you, it's it's good to make them as comfortable as they can until their last breath. And I've done it, and it's horrible. I did it with Hercules, and I came outside, and I started crying for the first time in my life. And uh, it was quite a moment. So, yeah, if you have the option to bring in a vet that will do a home visit, that's an even better option. Because if you bring your animal into a veterinary clinic, 
it's going to be a lot more uncomfortable for them than if they just are put down in their own home. So we did this with my cat and it was, it was a sad experience, but a much better experience than taking her into the vet because we were able to do it at our house on my wife's lap. And it was really sad, but I know that my cat was much more at peace than it would have been if we, you know, brought her into some strange place that she didn't recognize. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's great. I didn't know that was an option, but if you can afford to do that, that's great because pets, especially cats, but usually dogs too, hate going to the vet. So it kind of sucks that you have to put them in that uncomfortable position at that time. So if you can afford to do that, that's great. But how much does something like that cost? It was $400. It's not cheap. Wow. That is, yeah, that's a lot. But we did get a, paw print of my cat in some clay in return and a box of her urn or I'm sorry, an urn in a nice wooden box of her ashes. And, uh, you know, it was, it was worth every penny in my opinion. Yeah. If you can afford to do it, that is a really nice thing to do. Um, that's, I'd rather just pay the 50 bucks personally at this point, but I'm glad that you can do it. I'm glad you did it. And I think other people should do it if they can. So, and that's cool that you have ashes of your cat and it's very fitting that your cat's name is Tom Brady. This coming weekend, the show's going to air after the Super Bowl, So we don't know who won, but I would hope that every time Tom Brady threw a touchdown, that you would grab some of Tom Brady's ashes and throw them in the air. Like LeBron James does with uh, that white powder before, before a game starts. Well, I'm going to have to ask my daughter for permission to do that because they're in her room. What I have done is taken some of her ashes without my daughter's knowledge and put them in a pepper shaker. And I just sprinkle a little on our food so that we are all have a little bit of Tom in us at all all times. Well, I think your daughter would really appreciate that. And I think it would really liven everyone up for the Super Bowl. So, Okay. Uh so I got another tip from my, the calendar my wife got me, Life Hacks 2021, and it is a Chipotle hack for all you Chipotle fans out there. And it is, wait to ask for double meat until after the employee has put the first scoop of meat on your burrito. The That way, the size of the first scoop isn't compromised by the knowledge that you're going to get a second scoop. Yeah, that was a, that was a great tip. Back in 2017, I think everybody doesn't everybody already know that wasn't that didn't that get out there? I don't think I didn't know that people knew this. I w- I'm not a big Chipotle guy myself. Uh, I grew up in Arizona where every single meat is an all meat burrito or sorry, every single burrito was a double meat burrito where I grew up. So Chipotle was dead to me on arrival. Hey, Julian, wasn't double meat your wrestling nickname in high school? Yeah, well, me and Ricky were called Double Meat for different reasons. Yeah, I mean, it was nothing sinister, nothing bad. You guys just had very meaty bottoms. <laughs> we did, and uh, some people enjoyed Double Meaty Bottoms. It's a funny story, but I was actually a vegan in high school, so you can need your imagination of why they called me Double Meat. I can only imagine. So, yeah, in Tucson, uh, we have Sonoran-style food there and Sonoran style is that they fill those burritos full of lard and then fill them full of meat on top of that. 
and they are fucking delicious, and they don't need anything else. And for those of you who don't know, they weren't like putting lard in the burrito like it was sour cream or something. Just they make the tortillas with lard, and it makes them delicious somehow. Oh yeah, I should I should clarify, just tortillas made with lard, which makes them chewy and delicious. And then you fill that full of steaming hot meat, and you're in heaven, my friend. And I get that. Like I love and appreciate all the Sonoran food we have around here and all the delicious Mexican food. But I think Chipotle is good for, I mean, for one, it's fast and easy, but if you're trying to eat kind of healthy, it's kind of like a higher quality subway for Mexican food. So you can know exactly what you're getting. You can kind of, you know, track the macros better. You can, you can get it without certain things. You can get it without the lard. And and it's just, I guess it's easier if you're trying to eat healthy, which reminds me that I hadn't been to Chipotle in like two years. And I went recently and they have a cilantro lime cauliflower rice, which I usually hate. Like, I want to like it so bad because it's healthy, but it just tastes like shit to me normally. And I can never eat it, and it grosses me out. But I got a burrito bowl with cilantro lime cauliflower rice, and it was pretty damn good. It was probably the best cauliflower rice I've ever had. And I brought it home and used some lower-calorie tortillas that I, that I had myself because God knows I can't go without tortillas. First of all, lower calorie tortillas are disgusting. I don't care what the fuck you do. I've never had a low calorie tortilla that's good. Second of all, have you ever had Chinese fried cauliflower rice? No, is that good? Oh, it's fucking amazing, man. It'll change your mind. That's I, I would I would eat that every day if I had someone making it for me. That shit is delicious. You put throw a little soy sauce, egg, carrot, celery. Uh, onion, and egg. you are in for a treat. I already said egg, didn't I? Oh, yeah, maybe. And it doesn't taste like real rice, though, does it? It's just like something different that's good. No, it doesn't have the same texture, but the flavor is there, man. You get it's, – it's, it's delicious. Yeah, cauliflower is, is a strange vegetable because it's very plain. It tastes like nothing, but somehow it's very versatile, and you can use it to make rice sometimes. But the thing that I've found that it's best for is you can make cauliflower mashed potatoes. And it's obviously not as good as real mashed potatoes, but it's pretty damn close considering how much healthier it can it can be. I mean, you, I feel like you got to really cram those full of butter and salt and cream to get that to be as good as regular mashed potatoes. Right, and that's true as far as like making it the, the best flavor or the most flavorful you can. But if you're like trying to eat really healthy and you just kind of want something to make do, you can use, they make, uh, I think it's fat-free, like you know how they have, what is it called, heavy cream? They make like a fat-free cream and you can mix that with the, I can't believe it's not butter, spray butter, and you just take the, the sprayer off and you dump it in and it tastes pretty pretty damn good. I mean, it's not the same, but it's way healthier and it tastes pretty decent if, if you're trying to lose weight. I feel like... Fat-free creams and oxymoron. Like, what the fuck are they making that out of? Cream is literally fatty milk. Yeah, that's so, true. I don't know. It's probably just pure poison, or it's just skim milk that they put flour in. I don't know. It sounds disgusting no matter what it is. If I'm going cream, I'm going cream all the way, and I'm getting as much fat in that cream as I can possibly fit. I like I like a nice cream mustache after I drink a cream milkshake. Yeah, that's the best part. That's why you think I grew a mustache. Dude, do you want to... Have I ever told the frap story? 
I don't think so. So growing up, my dad had a mustache pretty similar to yours. And on the East Coast, for some reason, instead of calling milkshakes milkshakes, they call them fraps. And you know me and my peas, and I hate peas. And so, hey, Julian, you want to go get a frap, huh? No, and here's why. Julian, let's get some fraps, huh? What do you say? Here's why I don't like peas and I don't like fraps. Because my dad loved a nice frap, and he would drink it without a straw, and he'd get it covered in his mustache, and then he'd comment on how good that frap was, and he little bits of frap would fucking spray off his mustache into my face. And then, <laughs> oh, this is a really good frap. <laughs> Hey, Julian, why don't you come give your papa a kiss, huh? What do you say? Oh, I have fucking images seared into my brain of my dad with an upper lip mustache full of frap, talking about fraps, using a lot of P words and little morsels of fucking frap falling on my face as a child. So if you call a milkshake a frap, then you're drinking it on your own, buddy. I don't want anything to do with that. Hopefully that was early in your dad's mustache phase because any seasoned mustache man knows that you got to lick that mustache as much as possible, especially while you're eating, because that thing is just, I mean, these mustaches, the women love them, but, uh, you know, they collect food like, like food collectors. So when you're eating, you got to constantly lick that thing because everything gets stuck in it. And I've learned that the hard way. The first three or four months of having a mustache, every meal I had at the end, somebody would be like, hey, man, you got a lot of stuff stuck in your mustache. I'm like, ah, damn it. So I'm just like constantly wiping it. Is that why they call them the flavor savers? I believe the flavor saver is the, uh, what's it called? Flavor saver is the soil patch. Oh, yeah, that's true. But it's only a flavor saver if you're, you know, 69ing someone and they got a dirty asshole. Yeah, but I mean, I don't make the rules, but a flavor saver is a soul patch. I guess so. But I think a mustache could also be a flavor saver. Which it's a huge missed opportunity that you never had a soul patch when you were wearing those fedoras back in the day. I didn't like to keep flavors around back then, you know? All right, Julian. Uh, so I this tip doesn't really take much discussion. I'm just going to throw it out there on the way back or on the way out as a little form of discussion and then we'll and we'll get out of here okay it's a life pro tip brought to us by z taker and it's this is kind of something we've been talking about a lot in the past it is it is important to know when to stop arguing with people and simply let them be wrong there's a certain point where whether it be people you love or even strangers if you guys disagree on something and it's clear like whether it be politics tip it's usually politics or religion or something You're not going to change each other's mind, and no matter how strongly you believe in whatever your belief is, and you're 100% certain that they're wrong, just let them be wrong. It's not worth your effort, and you're not going to fucking change their mind. Uh, I don't know about that one, Austin. That's going to be a tough one for me. (laughs) What are you talking about? Because if you got Majory Green in your social circle, you got to fucking tell that bitch to shut the fuck up. Cause she's fucking wrong, man. And you got to majory green. Yeah. Mate. She's in the army, right? Majory green. <laughs> I'm pretty sure her name is Marjorie green. Marjorie. Yeah. I thought that's it was her Majorie. name. That's her like, first name. No. What? I thought it was the female like way of saying major. I thought they, no, what? 
No, her name's Marjorie, Julian. What the? What is going on here? Are you serious? What is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. Julian, I always thought. Real? What? I thought it was Marjorie Green. No, it's Marjorie. Julian, no. you're making it real hard for people to learn tips from you when you're. Well, fuck, man. I don't know. I just, I just, I, I didn't give her the respect of even reading her full name. I saw the M and I saw the G and I saw the R and I saw the E at the end and I just went Majory. <laughs> she's a dumb bitch. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm no political analyst, but I'm pretty sure her name's Marjorie. And, you don't uh, have to be a political analyst to know that lady's fucking nuts and stupid and should not be in the fucking. This is a bad idea for me to start this tip, but that lady sucks and she's a crazy person and I she does not deserve to have a job at all. Although she is right about one thing. What's that? Those fires were definitely started by a Jewish laser. <laughs> a Jewish laser? What is that? I don't know what that is. You don't know that one? No. She literally believes that the forest fires in California were started by a Jewish space laser, whatever the fuck that is, that shot a laser beam down and started those fires. Damn. I was thinking Jewish laser was another one of your high school nicknames, but I guess not. Well, only among a, f- a chosen few. All right. I think it's time to put you to bed, Julian. I'm not ready for bed. I want to watch more Friday Night Lights. Brush your teeth for the third time today, and uh, I'm going to tuck you in. Oh, shit. Uh, Julian, I almost forgot to tell you. What? I love you. Suck on my ass hair, you fucking dingus asshole. Julian, you're going to regret talking to me like that one day. You're going to have some dingleberries in your mouth, though. And I'll be laughing all the way. Just promise me that when it's my time to go, that you'll have a uh, a come to your home vet come and put me down. Because that's the way that I would like to go. And do it in the hot tub. That's the same thing the vet said. She said, if I had a choice of a way to go, this is how I would go. Because they put you down with a drug that just like takes you out of this world. And then they inject your kidneys with this lethal poison that puts you down for real. Dude, if they give you propofol, you could give me some propofol at my house while I'm like watching a movie and I'll just giggle my way to sleep. And then you could just cut my head off with a saw and I wouldn't care. Cause that stuff is amazing. What's propofol? Propofol is what Michael Jackson overdosed on, but it's what I got when they did my, my colon check and they put the camera in my butt. They give you propofol and it's like, you feel real high for a second, and then you're asleep. But then I woke up, and I was still high for like 10 minutes, and I felt so good. I was like trying to joke with the doctors and the nurses, and they were not having it. But I was like, man, this is great. And then like 10 minutes later, it was normal. Did you still have the camera in your ass? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Oh, that would have been amazing if they... What if it wore, <laughs> what if it wore off, and they're like, uh, sir, we actually forgot to take the camera out of your ass? Well, I thought that you like woke up mid-procedure... With the camera in your ass and you're joking around with them, like asking them if they saw your dinner last night or something. And then I was like, check this out. And I ripped it out like I was starting a lawnmower. And uh, everyone had a bad day. I'll just leave That's it why that. they called you Lawnmower Man. <laughs> they do call me that. That's true. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Subscribe to us. I love you all. Yeah, thank you guys for the best. You are. We love you very much. You're all very near and dear to our heart. Rate us. Email us. 
Instagram us. Tell the fuck you gotta do us. You do us. Thank you. Have you seen these TikTok videos? That's fucking amazing, man. It'll change our mind. And uh, some people enjoy double meaty bottoms. <laughs> we did. And then you fill that full of steaming hot meat. And you're in heaven, my friend. If I'm going cream, I'm going cream all the way. Gargle with it for a minute and spit it out because we're able to do it at our house on my wife's lap. And you know me and my peas, and I hate peas. Oh, there's a girl, you got fat. Is that what they say? He offered a number of services. I haven't really done anything that nice for a homeless person. I feel like a piece of shit now. My mom told me that she did a, she spent a lot of time in jacuzzis when I was in her womb. Yeah, come to my world, Austin, and go fuck yourself. I love leisure. I love pleasure. No, let's keep talking about our dicks and have a life-changing experience. I mean, if I was Jeff Bezos, I'd be doing that. I don't... I don't did you still have the camera in your ass? <laughs> yeah. And he had a wonderful time with them. Let's do it right now and see what it smells like. Oh!